So, and then I said, you're a duck. Go away, you stupid fucking duck. Oh, Rich, that's the funniest story I've ever heard. That was a really good story. I hope, I hope you tell it again. You should tell it on your podcast. Yeah, I know, man. Oh, Taz. Spend so much time with you. Oh, the door. Oh, it's Jay. You're right, Jay. How you doing, hey, mate? Hey, how's it going? Uh, how, you, how you been? Yeah, no, all right. Taz, fuck off. <laughs> how was your um, trip to the planet, uh, the universe where everyone was Naomi? How was that? Naomi Dimension. It was. It was great. Yeah. It was a glowing holiday. <laughs> Missed your wit. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> oh, dearie. So, um, we had a bit of robot trouble, but, um, you know, your resident genius here kind of just sorted that out. Um, didn't need to visit the robot body shop emporium or anything like that, no, so that was all cool. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to catch up on any of the podcast or the wrestling while you're away. Um, yeah. God, Jay. Why, why, why are you lying to me? I can tell when you're lying. Um, I can tell you. You just, you just, you just fucked Naomi, didn't you? Yeah, that's all you've done. Naomi, one, two, three, and four. Ugh. So lucky. Well, <laughs> at least I'd be saying that if I was straight. Anyway. <laughs> I can rescue this because I've I've totally watched all sorts of wrestling, um, but I know you like to sound like the knowledgeable one about wrestling, and I just get to be the time you girl. Um, so just gonna poke a few buttons. Um, there we go. So you are listening to JFPN, your favourite corn beef podcasting network. I'm here with JJ. How much corned beef have you been eating? Recognise our two voices there in the background? <laughs> it's so good. I'm so glad. Um, yeah. Beef. Yep. Yeah, notice notice that they're talking about corned beef. Randomly the, just talking about all the corned beef. Yeah. Yeah. The reason for that is because I'm actually channeling through an alternate reality where we did start a podcast, but instead of doing it about wrestling, we did it about corn beef seems like a great topic why did we do that you know we might have to revisit that dimension <laughs> at some point and actually talk about it um, but I'm actually just doing some advanced calculations now and I'm going to find a dimension where in fact you did watch all the wrestling and I went on holiday and just going to use that for the podcast how about that? Didn't didn't Jesse the Body mention that this is the only universe where wrestling technically is a subsequentum universe? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of timey wimey. So like every every decision that has been made by anybody anywhere um, has created a new universe as a sub universe of the original one. So although this was the only universe that actually contained wrestling to begin with, um, we're now within the McMahon um, Helmsley finite curve. Um, if you imagine a tree, right? So you're in a forest full of different trees. So this tree is the WWE universe. It's the one with wrestling in it. Just across the way, the universe next door is another tree. That one is the same as this one, but instead of wrestling, it's lion taming. Yeah. Um, the next one is Scrabble. Um, in that universe, Brock Lesnar accompanies Paul Heyman to the ring. Did you know? Um, my point is, 
As you go further into the forest, you see wackier and wackier things, like a universe where we all have whiskey for blood and drink blood to get sober at weekends. Those are the trees you try not to think about, because to be honest, the majority of it is nightmare fuel. I'm talking just, just screaming your lungs out terror in most of those. But these decisions are sometimes arbitrary. For instance, you know that guy in the green shirt who always sits at the front of WWE events? Yeah, like green shirt guy next to the vampire guy. Yeah, so there's a universe where he couldn't make it to WrestleMania because his cat had the flow. Now, conceivably, that's only a small difference, but it's still a universe where wrestling exists, it's just not this universe that we're in now. So that's like, how would you put it? It's like a branch on that tree, on that original tree that we talked about, rather than being a tree in and of itself. So this is the only tree that has wrestling, um, but it has loads of branches where wrestling exists, and they're like mini branch universes. Um, every time we time travel, we sometimes come back to one of those different universes as well. It's like stepping through a barbershop mirror. Um, this is some advanced science, people. So those of you keeping score at home, um, just look up Stephen Hawking. He, 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 he'll talk you right through it. It's really interesting stuff. Um, stole that idea from me, actually. Anyway, <laughs> long story oh, short. Yeah, um, there's, there's another one with a difference where a cameraman sneezed um, once and it caused The Undertaker to burst out laughing and then he became a joke character, for instance. So I've narrowed down my equations and now I'm looking at universes where the wrestling is the same but our podcast is slightly different in each one. And out of the 16 billion different universes available, um, I have narrowed it down to one where last week I went on holiday instead of you. I went to the Ibushi dimension, where everyone is Kota Ibushi. Um, it sounds really, really good. And I might actually go there instead of doing the next podcast, I don't know. Um, I don't know, I'll see how I feel. Anyway, um, should we just tune in, chill out? Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. Um, yeah, so click that and off they go. I really enjoyed my holiday in Kota Ibushi universe. How was it? It was really, 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 really hot. <laughs> Had sex with loads of Kota Ibushis. Um, how's, how's the TARDIS been? How's, uh, sorry, the RETARDIS? The RETARDIS is a bit hot recently. I don't know, oh. some air conditioning for it. I don't know, I think it's broken. That's okay, I purchased a fan and you can hear it in the background because I purchased it and it is, it is running. I just purchased a fan. <laughs> <laughs> From a shopkeeper who looked like Kota Ibushi on Kota Ibushi World while I wasn't watching wrestling and Jay was. <laughs> I definitely have been watching lots of wrestling. Should we get started? Yeah, let's do Now, now everyone's filled in. Shall we... Welcome to JFPM, coming at you from a universe where Jay watched wrestling and I didn't. Um, it's definitely not the prime universe, that's, that's you know, 
yeah, no, this is this different universe, alternate universe. I love it. Um, anyway, we're going to talk ROH Manhattan Mayhem. Um, Jay has four beard essentials to tell you all about. MLW, are they any good or are they a steaming pile of hot shit at the moment? We will find out. NJPW, how are things looking in the G1 tournament? We have Block A um, with such hot acts as Ibushi, Tanahashi, Lance Archer, Evil, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, so many great names, and Block B, John Moxley, of course, Hiroki Goto, Shingo Takagi, Toro Yano, and many, 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 many more. And of course, we'll be covering Randy Orton and Will Ospreay's interesting Twitter exchange. Um, Lance Archer and Kenta, who is going to win? Jay probably has some opinions. And then, as we move away from Japan, we talk the rival product, WWE. How was Bray Wyatt's return for Jay? How was it for me? Raw and SmackDown pulling a reunion. Is it an act of genius or is it desperation from a man's house of smashing things up? And of course, Seth Rollins on Twitter. Does locker room leader now mean McMahon's bitch? We'll be discussing that and much, much more, including a W... Yeah, yeah, it does. Really does. (laughs) I'm here with Jay. Jay, how are you doing, Jay? Hey, I'm good. Yeah, how's everyone? Everyone's good. They said it. I heard them. Yeah, no, it's it's all good. How are you, Rich? I'm I'm really well. It's just very, very warm in this this retardis. Um, And... I'm hoping that it's like it's, sweating bullets. It really is. It really is. Um, really enjoying this music. Um, just gonna just gonna turn it down. That was, of course, the Japanese version of "Paint It Black" from season two of Westworld. Um, in it, they enter an alternate village um, to the main Western-themed one, and it is Japanese-themed, and it's almost exactly the same. Sometimes I think life imitates art, but in this case it was just a random decision by me, Alternate Universe Richard. Right, let's move forward. Um, so Jay, Manhattan Mayhem, how was it? Um, I know you, you're kind of... I know that you try and hide the fact that you're a massive ROH fan um, and that you watch it all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like your favourite... <laughs> at the moment i have to say it's definitely producing well especially this event um yeah it's better than anything that roh has put out um better than mlw their recent one hour long i wouldn't really call it a pay-per-view um mlw is hot garbage yeah 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 it was terrible i mean this as a whole i mean i, I love the products i love how the way it's presented um, on the camera I mm. don't like the announcers. I don't like the ring announcer. So what's your issue with um, the ring announcer? Um, you've got you've got one guy. Oh, the ring announcer. He's yeah. just very like this all the time. And it's just like, this. It's, that's 80s, 90s. You need to... Need to kind of modernise it, yeah? Modernise himself. That's right. Fair enough. Um, and what's your problem with the commentators? What's going on with that? Um, so you've got the commentators... Uh, the main commentator is trying to be just like Marino. Yeah, um, that's um, Ian Riccoboni, yeah? That is the guy. Yes, Thanks, actually. Rich. I saw him on um, 
I saw him on the NWA shows that they were involved with, um, the Crockett Cup and um, NWA um, 70th anniversary. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the shows, but he reminds me of the nerdy one from Crack.com when they used to do videos. Like, he's just got this kind of... That's it, Alex Schmidt. Um, he reminds me of him. He's He's just got this kind of irritating feel to him. Although yeah. I might be thinking, yeah, no, that, no, that's the guy. And the way that he looks into the camera, there's a bit of an uncanny valley thing there. I mean, I'm wondering wherever he needs to go to Jesse the Body, Ro- Jesse the Body Ventura's robot body shop emporium, um, in order to just kind of get his get his eyes kind of transplanted with a newer model, so that he doesn't quite look like he's staring at our soul. So no, I get it. I get it with Ian Riccoboni. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and Cock Cabana doesn't help anything. Um, I mean, yeah, he gets things wrong all the time. Yeah, he's he's one of those he's one of those people who I have a feeling the internet's going to hate me for this, isn't it? Are you ready? Let's go. Let's do it. I have a feeling that Colt Cabana's where he is because CM Punk said his name in the pipe bomb. <laughs> uh, well, you know, he was always quite big in ROH. I mean, he's a commentator now. He doesn't really wrestle. So, he's a commentator in ROH because he was mentioned in CM Punk's Pipe Bomb. Yeah. Um, I mean, who was watching Shikara at that point is all I'm saying. You know. I don't even watch it now. So... Shikara is of course available on Amazon Prime. Um, you can get the f- last. You can get the first. Sorry, the last ten seasons of Shikara on Amazon Prime. If you've got Amazon Prime, um, that's, that's pretty decent. It's pretty damn decent. It's quite a surprise, actually. Um, I would strongly recommend going on Amazon Prime and just searching for the word wrestling. You've got the three death matches um, that Terry Funk and Mick Foley got involved in um, in Japan, all of those from a video compilation that they've just digitized. Um, you've got a um, you've got a massive back catalogue of classic Memphis wrestling, um, as well as the Sick Nick Mondo documentary, which I think we've talked about before, which is quite interesting. Yeah, um, but no, that's just a little interesting fact. If you didn't hear that episode where, we talk, where I mentioned this previously, definitely go and find it. But um, yeah, no... Um, <sighs> Colt Cabana, I, I just don't rate him. Um, you can send your hate, mate, hate mail to um, at JFabe Podcast on Twitter, of course. Um, I am the alternate version of Rich the Time Duke, so I'm really easy to find amongst our, amongst our now, what, 16-person staff, um, most of which are actually just the same guy doing a voice. Um, so yeah, it won't be that hard to find. Just feel free. Um, Jay, anywhere else where they can get, where they can send the hate mail? Oh, into the Anchor um, post box. Yeah, yeah, we've got a post box on Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash jfape. Um, and yeah, no, that's you can just leave me a message. Look forward to it. So yeah, tell me how much of a cock I am um, because I didn't I didn't talk about how wonderful Colt. Christ Cabana is because you know kind of kind of underwhelmed by him. Yeah, he's not Cody. He was a comedy bester at best. Yup. Um, should we move forward? Who else do you hate? 
<laughs> Who else do you hate in the wrestling business right now? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing on the top of my head. I'm sure once somewhere, uh, and then I can find somewhere. Hey, we can we can talk about that. Fair play. Um, the ring announcer that you were talking about that you don't like was, of course, Bobby Cruz. Um, Bobby Cruz. <sighs> I, I don't rate him. Um, he's just such a nothing. He, he just kind of makes everything feel a little bit ready for ridicule. So I get it. I get exactly what you're talking about. Good yeah. Good Let's move on. Um, the show as a whole. The show as a whole. Um, it was great from bell to bell. Um, yeah. Bell to bell. Every single match on the card will pretty much blow you away. Um, it may it may have taken a little bit of a dip with um, Roosh and Tico Ryan. Um, is it actually pronounced Roosh or Rush? It's apparently it's pronounced Roosh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair play. Yeah. And yeah, I mean the best matches on the card were Dragon Lee versus Jonathan Jonathan Gresham, Lifeblood versus Benin Enterprises. Mm -hmm. uh, Lifeblood had PJ Black. I think he's now joined um, Lifeblood to make it four people again yeah and of course the main event Briscoes versus G.O.D. for the ROH board tag title within a street fight that does sound pretty damn epic um, of course just to give you the quick results there that is Dragon Lee defeated Jonathan Gresham um, the Bouncers defeated Soldiers of Savagery and Coast to Coast in a three way match Roosh defeated TK Orion the ROH world champion Matt Taven um, retained against Kenny King and Jay Lethal in a three way match um, Lifeblood um, which consists of Bandido um, Progress Wrestling's Mark Haskins Tracy Williams and PJ Black um, defeated Villain Enterprises. Again, Marty Skrull is a Progress alumni, along with Flip Gordon, PCO, and Brody King. And the final match, of course, the Briscoes versus Gorillas of Destiny, two teams that at this present time, this present place, need no introduction. Um, Jay, what would you say was the last pay-per-view that made you feel this good about what you were watching? Well, it was a tournament. <laughs> it was, was a this... super strong style. <laughs> oh, fair play, fair play. Um, you can That's hear... how good I think it is. Wow. Um, you can, of course, hear our origin story um, on the archive, of course. That is Super Strong Style 16. That's our podcast series. Um, that is available there. Start at day one, go straight through. You get the whole story as to how it was revealed to Jay that I am, in fact, a Time Duke um, and travel through time, making this now the most popular um, sci-fi wrestling podcast in the multiverse. Um, news coming out of AEW. Um, so the Briscoes themselves, on the back of that match, have re-signed with ROH. Um, yeah, that's interesting news. Uh, is, it, is it a surprise to you? Not particularly. I mean, mm. they're now an 11-time tag team champion in that company. Yeah, of course. Um, a, lot of, a lot of tag team titles to have in one company, but obviously it's been spaced out over more than a decade, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... What more can you say? I mean, those guys are an iconic an iconic part of that Southern wrestling style um, that ROH favours um, quite yeah. heavily. Um, 
but on ROH as a whole, they seem to pick themselves back up again. Now the Elite has left. The same thing with New Japan Pro Wrestling, they seem to have finally found their feet again after yeah. losing so many stars. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's one of the things, though, isn't it? When the Elite is around, you kind of you kind of get overshadowed by the hype machine that is AEW and anything that is uh, um, related to the Elite um, as a whole. Yeah. I mean, those guys have had a red hot kind of two or three years. And if you'd have put them, if, I mean, let's say AEW hadn't have happened, right? And they instead went to the WWE. Um, provided Vince McMahon didn't just bury them because they made their name elsewhere, right now, all of them would be on the main card of everything. The Young Bucks would be, um, the Young Bucks would clearly be on NXT, um, holding the tag titles. Um, the other guys would all be on main roster shows holding championships and it would be all anyone talked about. And people like the New Day and people like that would probably fade into the background as a result um, while Vince's new toys kind of shook out. Same with same with ROH, same with them while they were the darlings of the indies last year. Um, if you're on a card with them, you've got a bigger payday. But at the end of the day, you're the still... The Young Bucks, they would have gone straight to the main roster. Um, they, they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been on, on NXT. I think I they, think they would have moved them straight to the main roster. I think Vince McMahon wouldn't have allowed it. Genuinely, genuinely, uh, because of the tag team element. That. No. They they have, they spoke about um, what the contract was um, when they spoke to Triple H, yeah. and it was straight straight to the main roster, wasn't it? Um, I it was a while ago. It wouldn't surprise me if that was, but I mean, even then. They'd be holding a tag team title, um, or they'd have been split across the two brands immediately and both be floundering with mid-card titles. And Vince would not know what to do with the hottest tag team on the planet if they were dumped in his lap. What do I don't know, because he doesn't even know what to do with the tag team division. Yeah. He doesn't know how it works, doesn't he know why it's there. doesn't like tag team wrestling. For some odd reason, and then you got, then you do have promotions like AEW that are churning out really good tag team matches with excellent teams. Yeah, I mean, um, just pretty much every team I've seen on them uh, on there have been phenomenal. I mean, I know you're not a massive fan of Angelico and um, what's his name? Oh no, uh, Jack Evans. Jack Evans and Angelico. Absolute fucking arseholes. Is it just <laughs> that they're? Is it just that they're really good heels? Um. No, with with Angelico, he's just an Eric. Uh, Jack Evans, even though you're a heel, I think I said this last time, it's just like he wasn't even paying attention to the match and just talking to the crowd. Fair play. Um, I mean, yeah, on. you can see as a, as a heel thing, but isn't it just like disrespectful for the for the wrestlers that are in the ring at the time? Mm. I mean, surely you, you've got to watch the spots mm. when you're meant to be in the ring. Yeah, being tagged in. I mean, it could just be that he got blown into the character um, and just overdid it. I mean, he's fairly young. He's fairly. He's a bit unseasoned. Um, Jack Evans, he's been going for freaking years. Yeah, but like, not not on a big stage like that. You know, on the indies, if you're good enough, that kind of stuff doesn't get caught. But this is AEW. This is very different kettle of. Been in MLW. He's been in TNA. He's been. Yeah, but. I mean, TNA. Right, he's been on TV. He's been on TV before. He's been on TV, but AEW and WWE are different beasts. Um, 
Not wrestling <coughs> Society X. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind then. He should know better. <laughs> Everybody on Wrestling Society X should have known better. Um, I suppose. I suppose what I'm trying to say is uh, the way I analogize it is that so ROH, um, NJPW. Um, MLW, all of those other indie promotions, they are wrestling promotions with a TV show. WWE and AEW are TV shows about wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And that's 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 a very different place for somebody to compete. So maybe maybe when he gets into that environment a bit uh, and, you know, kind of understands it a bit more because it will be different because there's the hard cam there's the fact that you point at the hard cam and act towards it and work towards it effectively um and you can't just play it by ear quite as much you have to be aware of the spots um you know i think i think he he might he might turn himself around i mean they did put on one hell of a show at double or nothing yeah 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 apart from Generico. Yeah, you're not a massive fan of him at all, are you? No, I hate it. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just. He's just. Blase. Yeah. Just there. Going through the motions. He's like, an, he's like a less interesting version, version of Phantasmo, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, mm. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. Yeah. Even though Phantasmo is still trying to get the grits of his heel gimmick at the moment. But yeah, you get what I mean, though. Yeah, um, yeah. He's still he's, he's still nicer as a heel than Angelico. Uh, yeah, no, he is better. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Really. Um, other ROH news before we move on from ROH. Um, as I say, this is our first real look into ROH um, on the show. Um, we have talked about it privately between ourselves and watched the odd show, but we very rarely just happen to coincide recording with an ROH show. Um, so we just thought we'd lead um, with this. Um, Ring of Honor have released a statement addressing the incident that occurred at the Portland event on June 2nd between a fan and Bully Ray. Um, are you aware of this incident, Jay? Um, I am aware have of we, it. Do you know if we've discussed it on the show before? We have briefly touched on it well, on let, the show about six episodes ago, I think. Yeah, let's, let's recap then so that somebody doesn't have to go through the archives and they know the context of this. So, um, I mean, effectively... A fan was getting rather in your face to um, her name escapes me. What's Bully, Bully Ray's wife's name? His missus. Velvet Sky. Velvet Sky. Um, Velvet Sky is in a faction of three heels in ROH. Um, this fan is typically known for being a little bit um, in your face um, with heels. He boos the heels and cheers the faces, according to his own words. Um, it ended up with him shouting one or two comments about her um, and her shouting back that he was a virgin. Um, he um, responded along the lines of, I'd rather be a virgin than sleep with the guy you're sleeping with, you dirty tramp, or something along those lines. She spat on him, um, and as far as he was concerned, that was that. Um, a few 
about about 10 15 minutes later um a member of the roh production crew it was alleged um in a security suit um wandered over to him and took him backstage um in there bully ray um was left in a room alone with him um where he told him that he needed to learn to speak to women a bit better um and that um he shouldn't be offering his um he shouldn't be offering so much hate um <sighs> ROH obviously um got in quite a bit of um heat on Twitter as a result of this um, because it's not really an appropriate way to treat a fan um, to take them backstage and have them threatened by one of your talent, um, or at least the gentleman alleges he was threatened. Um, and obviously, Bully Ray, Bully Ray, basically um, his side of the story kind of treats it like it was, like it was like, um, okay, now you go be a fan, you little scamp, kind of situation. Um, thanks, Bully Ray. Thanks for having a chat with me and verbally admonishing me in private, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then the fans gone away on Twitter and bitched about it. So it sounds to me like it's probably going to be six of one and half a dozen of the other. Um, ROH's statement um, in the first instance, um, Bully Ray, Bully Ray, um, they did a, um, where are we? Where's their initial statement? I'm just seeing if I can... Ah, yes. Um, so ROH's initial statement. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> oh, I am. I am. Their initial statement was, Ring of Honor prides itself on providing a fun and entertaining environment for both our fans and wrestlers to experience professional wrestling at the highest level. Fans are encouraged to cheer, boo, and chant during the show whilst wrestlers interact both positively and in rivalry, as that is the engagement that makes ROH experience what it is. Just pay attention to how many times they talk about experience. Um, wrestlers interacting with fans is the core to the experience. However, under no circumstances should any of our athletes or staff confront or engage fans outside of the bounds of this entertainment experience or outside of the bounds of the area that hosts this experience. We hold all of our athletes and staff members to the highest standards and because of the actions over the weekend we fell short of meeting those standards. We are still in the process of investigating this matter as well as reviewing and assessing internal security protocols to ensure a safe environment for all fans and athletes all of our athletes and staff will also be trained and reminded of our policies and protocols for fan interaction and appropriate behaviour in all situations. To our amazing and wonderful fans, we apologise for the matter that transpired the past weekend as it does not reflect who we are as an organisation or how we hope to engage with our fans. ROH fans are known worldwide for their passion, admiration and appreciation of our athletes and we share the same admiration and appreciation for our fans. We encourage all of our fans fans to continue enter attending our events and supporting our amazing athletes in a respectful <laughs> manner as they have done in the past and we promise to continue delivering what the fans deserve the best wrestling and the best fan experience on the planet <laughs> well that's that then that's all figured out and <laughs> so they did say that they were going to continue to um, they were going to continue to investigate it and just now over the, the last yeah, with the fan. Um, just now, they have concluded that and released the following statement. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> 
We have now included our internal investigation into the events that occurred in Portland on June the 2nd and have taken appropriate actions with all parties involved. Our code of honour, which calls for sportsmanship, respect and honour in and outside of the ring is a core value of this company and one we will continue to strive to uphold. To all our loyal and dedicated fans, we apologise for the incident that transpired and we encourage all of our fans to continue attending our events. Furthermore, we promise to continue delivering the best wrestling and the best live experience on the planet in adherence to the ring of honor policy we will not comment further on these matters so basically it's been swept under the rug yeah absolutely fuck all accountability at absolutely none like that is still a great show though <laughs> yeah a great show but my fucking god they could have given us something that is just nothing you know what I mean? I mean, for the I've, fans. For the fans. Oh, God. Anyway, ROH Man Out of Mayhem, go out of your way to see it. Just don't boo the heels. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> MLW. Thoughts on MLW? Yes. yes. So I recently watched uh, Kings of the Coliseum. Kings of the Coliseum, yep. Um, yeah, that happened start of this month <laughs> you just got around watching it but six well it's um you know mlw it's hardly um hardly much watch television is it july the no, 6th it was. it was on it was I, I loved it i was watching it week in week out um I oh, was okay watching it constantly like and then i just sort of dipped out um it's kind of straight another stuff um fair play yeah no I, and then i come back to watch this pile of shit <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> that bad. So he has the MLW uh, National Openweight title match with Alexander Hammerstone. What a waste of time. And you've got to use um, MJF to build this guy because he can't talk for shit or yep. even wrestle. And he's there with a openweight title. Um, defeated Kokota uh, Brazil. Trying to get his name right. Um, yeah, he's a fantastic, fantastic wrestler. And he's got to put with that shit. It's, um, it's beyond me. At Kings of the Coliseum, wasn't it David Boy Smith Jr. that he was against? No. I might be looking at the wrong year. Mm. Definitely says it was. From the 6th of July 2019. Alex Hammerstone, David Boy Smith Jr. No, it definitely wasn't. It was definitely a smaller opponent in Koto, uh, Brazil. Oh, okay. Maybe it was um, changed at the last minute. Carry on. Let's see what else we got. We had uh, Myron Reed versus Ray Horace. Yeah, is I must be looking at the wrong year. Apparently Ray Mysterio's um, cousin. Um, yeah, decent-ish match. Uh, so you got Myron Reed who wears the Justice tape over his lips. He's now got some other guy called Jordan Oliver to do the same thing okay. in relation to the uh, Rich Swan storyline yeah. where Rich Swan turned heel and he started slapping officials around the face and yeah. he got suspended and then he started wearing tapers saying justice and holding a um, sign that says free um, oh they've Rich changed Swan. the card since it was announced that's why I was so confused the card was supposed oh, to be okay. twice as big um, and it wasn't. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, Alexander Hammerstone um, versus 
this other person. Uh, Kato Brazil, yep, yeah, he won that. Um, Ray Horace, Myron Reed, right, I'm caught up, carry on. Uh, Myron Reed won. Mm. Um, it was a fairly decent match. I mean, it, it wasn't too long, it didn't really say anything, it was more of a spot fest than anything else. There wasn't much else going on with that. Yeah. I've completely forgotten how, how um, Myron Reed wins, and that's how interested I was. Um, a springboard it. uppercut from the other side of the ring. Thanks. You're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had uh, Jacob Two um, versus Tom Lawler for the MLW World Heavyweight Title match. How was that? So that was a great match. Oh. Yeah. Um, Jacob Fatu is a rising star. Tom Lord is still green as fuck, mm. but did really well. Um, yeah. I mean, Contra Unit. Contra Unit, I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm. Um, yeah, they've been running roughshod over the whole promotion, um, basically just beating everyone down and blowing fireballs into their face and putting spikes into their heads. And yeah. Fair the last play. thing I remember was a Rocky uh, Romeo. Rocky Romeo. Ace Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero. No, not him. <laughs> like this really big guy who was on AEW's um, Over the Budget Battle Royal. And yeah. He did that tope through the ropes. Yeah, he's a really oh, yeah, yeah. big guy. Ace Ace Romeo. Anyway, yeah, they just basically stabbed him in the head with a spike. A blatant feeling, but, you know, it was all brutality and it was quite fun to watch. Um, yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Fair but this point. match wasn't very long. Yeah. Um, Do you reckon it's setting up for the rematch? I would say so. Yeah. So that's it. Never say never, isn't it? It is indeed. Have you um have you got the card for Never Say Never up? Um, I do not. Um, I find it. Yeah, yeah. Grab the Eventbrite version. That's got um. That's got pictures of all the people on it. And we can go from the bottom to the top, and you can tell me all about each of these wrestlers and what you think in two words. Jimmy Utah looks like a carder. Right. Not sure who he is. One he's going to be facing Loki. Well, he's, he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like a young lion. Um, so, let's start with Zenshi. You've seen Zenshi? Sorry, it's just, just, just loading up. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's the, uh, the retardist Wi-Fi is a bit off, mate. Yeah, it's crap today, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely rubbish. Um, well, going through some of the matches that do appear on here um, while we wait Jay to kind of catch us up. Um, the main event is going to be a World Heavyweight title rematch between Jacob Fatu and Tom Lawler, which is the rematch that I mentioned earlier. Um, LA Park is going to take on um, Jimmy Havoc. Um, that is not looking like it's going to be a no-holds-barred match. I uh, don't know why they're doing that. Timothy Thatcher, um, David Boy Smith Jr., um, Teddy Hart, MJF, Austin Aris, Ace Austin. That is I'm a. I'm very looking forward to that match. Yep, that Austin is. Austin Aris Ace Austin will be possibly match of the night. Yeah, uh, well, people have been waiting for a clash between the two least important Austins in wrestling history. Um, so, yeah, should be fairly good. 
do you remember me um, talk about Ace Austin in, in a earlier episode about how I think he's going to be an up and coming star and he's definitely one to watch out for. He just needs to leave Impact now because Impact is a dying ship. Yeah. I never want to say it went before now, but yeah, no, it's. it's you used to you used to suck Dixie Carter's balls back in the day. Yeah, the ones on the chin. Yeah, yeah, those ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dixie Carter. You're the butt of so many wrestling jokes. Um, Beastia 666 and Ray Horace, um, they will be facing off. Um, Alex Hammerstone, who uh, you mentioned him a few moments ago, he looks like a cross between Chris Jericho and Sandman. But it sounds... Right, yeah, I see what you're saying. It sounds like (laughs) he has... He's much taller and bigger build. Yeah, has the mic skills of the second then. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is that is right. He has no mic skills. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, he's got worse mic skills than Sandman. Well, they've definitely it's, paired it's him. Terrible. They've definitely paired him up with a winner here, um, as he will be facing. Ready, Savio Vega. Uh, 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 Savio Vega, genius. Versus Caribbean champion Savio Vega. Oh, okay. So he's he's probably in bed with some murderers or something. <laughs> can we say that? Can we, <laughs> <laughs> like, can we can we talk about the clones on this show? <laughs> I think you just did. I think you just did. <laughs> oh snap! Um, Richard Holiday uh, is going to go against Brian yeah. Pillman Jr. See, storyline-wise, Brian Pillman Jr. has been losing a lot mm. recently. Richard Holiday is pure crap. Yeah, he looks so, like absolute. <laughs> absolute <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that garbage. Brian Pillman Jr. does go over. Yeah, um, MJF's like literally carrying these two people mm. in their dynasty faction. Yeah, putting them both over and himself at the same time, but is not the one with any title, Gonna, which is really annoying. So he's just basically a mouthpiece to put other people over, unless he's got mm. a tag team title. I think he might have actually MOW. Anyway, gonna move but slightly up the card on that one actually, um, just to transition with your MJF thing. Um, later in the night, MJF will face um, Teddy Hart for the middleweight title. Um, thoughts on Teddy Hart MJF? Um, so two words, right? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Two words on Teddy Hart. Go. Hmm. This is harder than I thought. Shall I say five words? Likes cats. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then, let's say, all right, then, let's say one (laughs) sentence on Teddy Hart. One sentence on Teddy Hart. Uh, Teddy Hart's been in, in around the business for a long time he's finally got himself clean and he's putting on some really good matches okay but he is definitely a veteran of the business he's never made it to the big time that um, that is a lot of conjunctions for a sentence but i'll allow it um mjf <laughs> uh i had more on that but that's fine. oh go no, no carry on carry on carry on no no it's fine um, mjf um that, that guy's taking this title it's it's his time um keep going and bang on about it. he's only wrestling three to four years and the guy has the ability of a guy who's been wrestling for someone who's been wrestling for like eight and nine years so and his mic skills are just like beyond the pale good yeah exactly um davis moy uh, D- davis moy jeff 
Bunier. <laughs> David Smith Studio. <laughs> David Boy Smith Jr. Um, bland. I will wanna. I, guy. I do wanna ask. I do. Yeah, I think I. Taz. Yeah. Did you clone David Boy Smith and then tell him that it was his son? Might have done. Yeah, just just thought I'd check. Yeah, no, he's definitely a clone. All right. <laughs> Timothy Thatcher. Bye, Taz. See you later, Taz. <laughs> oh, he's just sticking his head out of his, his his door. I gave him a little porthole so that he could just kind of nip in. Cool. Me and Taz are getting on really well. That makes a change. Uh, so it's he like when you, to kill you when you live together. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm still, I'm still making him hunt down my, hunt down the guy who is hired to kill my son. But you know, he'll be fine. David Boy Smith Jr. Thoughts? Just generic. Yeah, yeah, plan big guy. Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Timothy Thatcher. I've not seen much of. To be fair, obviously, he's still got the ring camp flag on the go. Um, yeah. Which would be the only one, really, because obviously the rest of them are in NXT UK. But um, I don't know yeah, because Walter's Walter is still the what progress champion. And he wears he ring camp to that. He's not rocking the Imperium flag there. That's true. Yeah, you're right. So maybe the two existing. Ring camp bag as he was walking into Alexandra Palace when I saw him there. Oh, nice. I thought I'd throw that in. Nice. Nice. Jealous. <laughs> Go on. I don't know too much about him. I've, cool. I just know he's one of those technical, crazy in your face psychopaths that's all I know about Timmy Thatcher nice um, LA Park versus Jimmy Havoc let's go with LA Park oh wait who do you think's going home um, who do you think's winning the David Boy Smith Jr. Timothy Thatcher match um, I hope Timmy Thatcher but as David Boy Smith is MLW I reckon he'll take it fair play LA Park versus Jimmy Havoc let's start with LA Park um, he's still LA Park do we call him L.A. Park or La Park? Um, I think this one is L.A. Park. <laughs> Fair play. So there's La Parker, there's the Hydro D. La, La Park, and he's the younger one. That's, um, yeah, Hydro D. La Park, who will be facing Zenshi earlier in the night. Carry on. We have L.A. Park and La Parker. Interesting. All in the same faction. Just thought I'd throw that out there. They're all related, right? Real related, not wrestling related. Um, I'm not too sure. Ah, fair play. They all wear masks, so not doing it. I should probably look that up. Hmm. Um, yeah, Jimmy Havoc. Yeah. Jimmy fucking Havoc on walking, you say? Yeah, the guys. The guys had a great couple of. Well, he had a great run in progress, and he is now just lighting the rest of the indie scene on fire. Love the guy. Um. I want Jimmy, but I reckon LA Park's going to take that win with some weird chair shot. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, well, the way that you run a feud with someone like Jimmy Havoc is you cheat and cheat and cheat until you have a no holds barred match and then Jimmy Havoc beats you. You can just repeat that sequence over and over again in pretty much everywhere he visits because it's Jimmy fucking Havoc and it always works. So, what more can you say? 
let's break out some thumbtacks, as they say in America. <laughs> yes, indeed. Or as we call them over here, drawing Pins. pins. <laughs> um, yes, yes, drawing pins. Yes, Rich. Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu. Yeah. Fucking beast. Big guy. Um, he's got the name. Does he? Does he deserve the legacy that it brings? Do you reckon? Yes. I yes, I do. I would tend to agree, actually. Um, I mean, I saw him... Um, oh, where did I see him? I saw his appearance at Defy Wrestling um, that I, wa I watched that on um, one of the... just one of the various wrestling networks that I'm involved in. Thoroughly enjoyed his appearance there. Really do like him. Um, just so intense. Mm. I mean, that training from Rikishi kind of shows. Um what more can you say? Obviously, um, better than Rikishi. Yeah, but well, I don't know. Rikishi was Rikishi was always a worker. Yeah, no, you could work a good match. You could work a great match. Mm. But I mean, it obviously, it that intensity. Yeah, I mean, definitely late in later life. Um, yeah, no, of course. In his later in his later years, he definitely was missing it. But um, Jacob Fatu almost feels to me. Like, you know that raw potential um, when it, the head shrinkers was Fatu and Samu? Yeah. The raw potential that Fatu showed um, as the next Shawn Michaels of the Samoans at that point. Um, I feel that Jacob Fatu is the guy who's taken that, um, you know, that kind of... He is everything that nine-year-old me wanted head shrinker Fatu to become. He's got that level of intensity. Um, that's just He's my thoughts. Got the same, well, the same, and even more intensity than Imago. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. He's he's kind of he's kind of got that perfect level. Um, yeah. Well, what more can you say? The guy, the guy is awesome. Um, really do rate him. Um, obviously he's the son of um the Simone Savage, um, also known as Sam Fatu. Um, brother to Rikishi Fatu, of course. Um, Tom Lawler. Um, still green as fuck. Um, probably best that he lost the title um, in the match before. Um, yeah, I know he's good. He's good, and he can be great. Um, he's obviously putting in the time. Mm. Being an ex-MMA fighter, you can obviously use that within his, his arsenal. And he does, and he does it really well. He's actually transitioned into wrestling pretty, pretty decently. Yeah. But he just needs a bit of time. Yeah, I mean, um, he had an amateur career, then moved into um, MMA. Um, he was... Um, he once submitted Ryan Lopez on the eighth season of Ultimate Fighter before transitioning into UFC. Um, and then, upon retirement... Um, well, actually, previous to the retirement in 2014, he started doing independent dates and then transitioned into full-time wrestling um, in 2017. He's been professional wrestling since 2014. Um, yeah, I think you're about right. He's kind of got that. He's He could be great, but yeah, not 100%. Definitely could be great. 
not 100% sold on him yet. He doesn't necessarily have the personality and seasoning required. Um, putting him against someone like Jacob Fatu is kind of kind of a good way to kind of give him that seasoning. So, um, who do you reckon is going to win between the two of them? Oh, Jacob Fatu is going to retain. Fair play. Sounds pretty good. Um, interesting news moving out of MLW, of course. And that's a beard cert. That's a Did beard cert. Yeah, yeah, no, that works. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a that's a beard lock. <laughs> there you go. I came up with a better one. Um, <laughs> uh, do I'm stick with a cert until until someone messages us otherwise. <laughs> yeah, feel free to message us. We are available on Twitter. Um, that is at JFabe Podcast. Um, just feel free. Um, moving on from that, let's go through some quick MLW news. Um, MLW um, recently spoke about um, how they found out that Tony Schiavone was doing his work with AEW. Um, Court Bauer, um, who runs MLW, um, he has commented on it. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Um, so yeah, it was um, confirmed that Shivani is signed to MLW contract um, by Court Bauer, who issued a statement on F4WOnline.com um, in regards to his appearances and segments for All Elite Wrestling. Um, he said he's been told that he cannot work with AEW or any other promotion. Bauer said he didn't even know about Shivani doing the segment on AEW's Road to All Out online series or video package to hype Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus the Young Bucks fight for the Fallen until reading about it in the Wrestling Observer newsletter this week, which maybe tells you why um, MLW's product wasn't so good recently because he hasn't been watching AEW and working out what he's competing with now. Um, and Regardless of that, the footage was reportedly shot back at AEW Double or Nothing in late May. Unless AE quote unless AEW elects to reach out, Tony Schiavone cannot proceed with AEW or any other company doing anything. I was unaware of him doing the digital stuff until I read it in this week's Observer. He said. Um, Shivani, the former voice of WCW's Monday Nitro, is currently signed to a two-year exclusive contract with MLW. Um, he stated um, that he is not working for AEW, um, but just said he likes to help Cody Rhodes out when he can. Um, just a bit of an interesting tidbit there, um, in that some people are going out of their way to be a part of this AEW thing for free, effectively. Well, that's going to guarantee you a job later on, isn't it? Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, if I was Tony Schiavone, I'd be floating with AEW. It's the biggest biggest, um, biggest fish he'll ever catch at this stage, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon hates him. Keep... <laughs> it's that simple. Before I wish, keep putting shows out of the way that they are at the moment. I mean, Master Stereo, I've watched half of that and I wasn't too impressed with it, to be fair. Mm. Um, and that was the one that was on the night after. Yeah. I've only watched half of that at the moment, but they need to stop putting out products the way they set it out for Manhattan Mayhem and use that as some kind of template. Thank you to move forward. Mm. No, that's fair. Um, if I'm going to go out of my way to see Manhattan Mayhem, I, I haven't watched any wrestling because I've been shagging Kota Ibushi. Um, 
or at least his duplicates in the Kurabushi universe. Um, don't beat me up, Kara. Or maybe you could make <laughs> it nice if you did. Um, regardless, um, David Boy Smith has also this week been training MMA with Jack Swagger. Um, a bit of a non-story that just thought it was interesting um jack swagger any thoughts on jack swagger at the moment um jake hager as he is currently known um says he's done with wrestling and is now moving solely into um mma thoughts MMA. okay thoughts on that more power to him he's got uh amateur wrestling background that can carry him through any and he has i'm not sure how many wins he's got at the moment but I don't think he's lost yet, has he? Um, I don't believe so. Um, well, let's just have a quick look. Jake Hager. Um, you're really into your MMA, aren't you? I was into my MMA. I well, used to um, watch a lot of um, UFC uh, back in the day. Yeah. But I don't know. I just stopped liking it. The matches weren't exciting anymore. Fair play. Um, he is signed to Bellator MMA as part of their heavyweight division. Um, he has um, won two matches. Two. Um, he has beaten J.W. Kaiser um, this year, January 26th, 2019. Um, really likes the triangle because he won both his matches with that. Um, the second one was against TJ Jones. Both of those bouts lasted under two minutes and 40 seconds and ended in the first, the round. first round yeah yeah so it looks like he may be one to watch out for actually um he's due for fight in... as well yeah who's he going against this By time the looks of things. uh i don't know i'm just looking at the dates and he looks to do for a fight because his last fight was on the 26th of january so um no no it was on so may 11th it was on may 11th he's not due a fight Okay, cool. I'll <laughs> <laughs> do a fight for a couple of months. Fair play. Um, yeah, other than that, um, the only other real thing to mention at all um, with MLW is that their last show was hot garbage, according to Jay. Um, actually, no, we've already mentioned that. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> NJPW, this is going to be the meat of the show. Um, what are your thoughts on NJPW? At the moment, I hear they're lighting it up. They are lighting it up, but a lot of the matches are under 12 minutes. Um, Is that necessarily a bad thing? It's not necessarily a bad thing. This seems to be turning a quite deep story um, with their matches in that amount of time. Mm. Um, I just thought that normally they get longer with that. Obviously, the main event gets a half an hour time limit. Mm. Um, uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of people to get onto every show this time. I mean, you've got 20 competitors, um, which you're looking at five tag matches and 10 singles matches. No, sorry. I haven't watched any tag matches. I've just been watching the um, G1 tournament. No, of course. I mean, I think the tag matches are there to just kind of tell a deeper story for their for their rabid Japanese audience who do like to see the kind of in-ring yeah. storytelling that they do. But I usually skip yeah, them as well. they do have a lot of their... Storytelling within a tag match to build up to their singles match, so mm. and they do that, don't they? Vice versa. So if it's like a block A, block B, do the tag matches, and yeah. vice versa. Yeah, I mean it's when they're quite yeah. cl quite a clever way of doing it. Um, I think 
I would love to see WWE take this format um, with NXT at some point and maybe cut it down to eight across two blocks. Or maybe they shouldn't touch it. Perhaps they shouldn't touch it. No, no, I mentioned it. They shouldn't. They really shouldn't. <laughs> but I would love to see somebody else do it with a smaller, a smaller kind of round robin kind of affair. Maybe just ten. Um, AEW could manage it. Who would you, who would you put in there? Who would you put in there? Could I go for? 10? Could I go for anyone? In NXT, yeah, that's fine. In NXT, yeah. Nah, that's why I said four in NXT. Oh, okay. Yeah, go on then. Go on then. Throw some out. Um, Gorgano. Yep. Um, probably go for Pete Dunn. Yeah. Probably add Alex Riley. Alex Riley. Yeah, you know, is that his name? You know the guy. To turn into Triple H and then left the company. Alex Riley. Alex, what? What? Who the hell is Alex Riley? The the guy from the guy from fucking <laughs> the guy <laughs> the guy from fucking um, whatever they're called. You know the ones. Um, shot the system. Whatever they're called. Oh, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly, that's it. There uh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yeah, probably him. Um, <laughs> damn heat in the retarders. Probably put um, Tommaso Ciampa involved. Um, because why the fuck not? Um, Velveteen Dream. Um, AJ Styles. Uh, sorry, we got three Samoa left. <laughs> we got three left. Bear with me. Let me have a Daniel th- Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good. They'll be good in the tournament. Yeah, they can tell the story in the tournament. Exactly. That'll be good. Could have had Ali as well. Maybe. How about the great Carly? Now you're talking. Yeah, that's he the way to He is my favourite wrestler of all time. Yeah, I love all three matches he had. <laughs> and all of them were in that bamboo thing. What was it called? The stupid bamboo cage that no one wants to talk about. That one, yeah. Yeah, um, I think it was called the <laughs> stupid bamboo cage that no one wants to talk about match. I really like those matches. Yeah, they're really good. I hope they have yeah, more of them. Yeah, they've got to. They've got to bring Jinder back, this champion, because he pulls more money than Seth Rollins. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm fucking surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird, isn't it, the way that they work. Um, it's one of my major concerns with WWE is the simple fact that a lot of their um, a lot of their booking decisions are based entirely on selling stuff. Um, and when they're in an international market, that means that they're always turning off their core audience, um, in yeah. a sense. Yeah. And I think it f- compromises their product, maybe. Um, maybe they should make him the 24-7 champion. That'd be Don't perfect. Know. Yeah. 
it'd make a good heel kind of lower card champion. Anyway. NJPW. The US. Oh, yeah, NJPW. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Where's the structure gone, Rich? Where's it all gone? I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to enforce the structure, but, you know, you're just, you're just talking, going all crazy. Anyway. <laughs> so, of course, uh, block one um, consists of Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay, Bad Luck Fale, Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., um, Hiroshi, Tanahashi, Lance Archer, Evil, Kazuchika Okada, and Kenta. Um, should we go through the scores? Let people know what the scores are in block A. Let's do it. So, um, at the bottom, with one win and three losses, you've got Zack Sabre Jr. That's two points. Sonata, um, Bad Luck Fale, and Will Ospreay all share the same fate. Um, next, you've got Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, and Lance Archer and Evil, <laughs> who all have four points, um, and they are drawing two for two. Um, Kazuchika Okada, Kenta are both top with eight points. They've got a full four and O record at this stage. Meanwhile, um, in Block B, there have been three matches for each of the competitors. Um, Jay White has lost all three. Um, of his matches. Thoughts on Jay White losing all three of his matches? Yeah, there's just getting to no point of Jay White being there anymore. Yeah, he is a disappointment to us all. Um, tai Chi, um, Hiroko Goto, Tetsuya Naito, and Jeff Cobb. Um, one win, two losses, two points apiece. Hiroko Goto is having a very good showing as well. Like his matches are top notch. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's always... It's funny. Um, he's kind of... For the rest of the year, he kind of just fades into the background and sits on the undercard, but he seems to really be able to go at these at these kind of tournament kind of formats, doesn't he? It's it's like he's clearly a worker. Yeah, I mean, he's called it the, the, the go-to one climax now, saying he's going to be number one. I think he's, he's going really to struggle. Promo, so. Yeah. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't strike me as a particularly charismatic man. What about Tetsuya Naito? Where are you with him? Oh yeah, um, yeah. He's having a weird one. Yeah, he's um, kind of predicted him to be. Um, well, I think we both kind of expected him to be higher. But you, I believe, you were the one who predicted that he would have a poor. Or was it me? One of us predicted that he was going to have a poor showing. I thought it was going to be higher. You predicted having him have a poor showing, mm. but I definitely said Kenta and John Moxley were going to be top of the blocks. Of course you did. That out there. Of course you did. Toriano, <laughs> Toriano um, actually beat uh, Naito with a low blow. Mm. Yeah. It's all right, that. Well, it was a comedy match and it was a good match and Naito tried to play him his own game and just lost. <laughs> Fair play. Um, well, at least he gave it a go. Um, Shingo Takagi, how's he doing? I mean, he's two, po he's, uh, he's two versus one, so he's got four points. We expected him Shingo. to be kind of middle. He's, he is. He's bang in the middle. He really is, isn't he? Uh, well, yeah. he's technically joint second place um, with Toriyano, Juice Robinson, and Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii's always going to put in a good show at this kind of thing though isn't he um, 
Well, yeah, but he just lost to Moxley. I haven't seen that match yet. Apparently, it's the match of the tournament so far. Would not surprise me. I am going to look forward to seeing that. And, of course, John Moxley is 3-0 um, and with six points at the moment. Um, he is yet to lose a match um, since leaving WWE. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, he's on, he's on fire. Mm. He really is. Everybody wants John Moxley and everybody wants to see John Moxley win. Wrestling two styles, one in America, one in Japan. I'm still still on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, blown, like, I'm blown away by the it. fact that he's doing it, yeah. yeah. No, you are entirely right. <laughs> um, some people do shake it up a bit. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. can shake it up, but not to that degree. Um, you know, it is still basically the same variation of the same style, but no, John Moxley is out there wrestling two different styles with the same character. Technically, one's the was it? Going to call him the Night Rider. Uh, Death Rider. Death Rider. There we go. Um, yeah. So they got the Death Rider, John Moxley, and then just John Moxley, I guess. Yeah. Um, how you could differentiate them? I suppose, but I mean, they are they are ultimately the same person um, and the same character. It's not like as big a distinction as say Dean Ambrose and John Moxley is. Maybe one of them's a robot. What if we were all robots? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to write that down in my book of ideas. Um, moving on. <laughs> Randy Orton and Will Ospreay shared an interesting um, Twitter exchange today. Um, are you aware of this? Um, I've heard of it, not actually looked at what was said, so yeah, crack on, mate. Fair play. Um, Will Ospreay tweeted at 6.52am this morning, execute the plan that makes you smile every single minute of every single day. Former WWE champion Randy Orton took it upon himself to comment on Will Ospreay's post, wishing him good luck with that shit. He literally said, good luck with that shit, um, and directly quoted him. Um, Osprey fired back um, and said, what is it with all the WWE guys and my Twitter this month? Good luck with that shit shirts next, question mark. Um, to which Randy Orton responded, realistically speaking, there's nothing that you could plan that makes you smile every single minute of every single day. But WWE is all about putting smiles on faces. Um, hashtag Osprey versus Orton. Um, 06-2020. Um, Will Ospreay's response was, realistically, nah, maybe you got me there. I'm happy though. Um, hope you are happy where you are. But unfortunately, my friend, I'm here for the long run. I mean, you're like a multi-time champ. Could you just leave for a bit? Come here for ha hashtag Ospreay versus Orton, then go back. Just saying. Winky face. <laughs> winky face <laughs> winky face my name is winky face um yeah what your no, thoughts is, um, is this is this feeding feeding kind of this is fueling the idea that this is what Orton this is what Orton does on Twitter um he feeds fire to nothing is it is like, it just like fire that burns but no one can see it <laughs> How very poetic. Um, do you reckon it is just like Randy Orton pissing his WWE stuff everywhere, or do you reckon it's more 
Because he's recently been doing it a lot more, hasn't he? Because obviously... He is supposed to be coming into the title picture for SummerSlam against Kofi. But is it so... that that's happening, or is he just kind of clandestinely... Well, he could be being a dick. I mean, I do like the fact that it's good luck with that shit. Um, maybe, maybe he got wind that Will Ospreay was shitting in a bag. Maybe that's maybe. what Will Ospreay was talking... We've just solved it. Shit bag, brothers. The thing that puts a smile on Will Ospreay's face is shitting in bags just like Randy Orton. And if anyone isn't, isn't complacent and probably wouldn't do that weird thing. Yeah, no, he probably wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> but if anyone wants to change Rich's mind on that, please contact us via Twitter. Indeed, um, at JFabe on Twitter. Um, still speaking of Block A, let's talk about Block A quickly. Um, who's your pick to win Um Block A, you, I believe you said Kenta. Um, who, Kenta. Who's kind of shocked you this year? Lance Archer has shocked me. Yeah? No end. Every single match has been great. He had a great match against Bad Luck Farley. Who the fuck has a great match against Bad Luck Farley? Fucking hell. It was fucking great. <laughs> yeah? I really enjoyed it. And the only, the only reason I can think of that is Lance Archer, because he's had every single match he's had has been fantastic um, throughout the whole tournament. Sounds like I need to watch some of this um, tournament. I mean, uh, we were originally going to watch every night and do every block, but then we realised that we also have to go to work and eat food. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just do other petty things like that. Um, exist. Normal life things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exist in the world. Um, even if we are living in a retardus, it's still hard. To find the time. And that's... <laughs> You've got to go to work, eat food, and live in a retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of stuff to get to get going. You and know. time travel, and yeah, yeah, but can't we just use the retarded to watch every single episode? No, we can't because we've already crossed the time stream. Well, there we go. Then. We've entered a temporal lock, so well, I'm not the time duke. That's you, so. Yeah, no, it's it's we're already part of established events and we'll continue to be until the end of the G one. Um we can only go back and watch stuff um that we weren't podcasting for during its um thing and that we haven't mentioned on the podcast yet. We cut once okay. we mentioned it on the podcast it's temporally locked. Um and if we go back we might change the result. And that could lead to the um that could lead to a scar in the universe. Do you want a scar in the universe, Jay? Is that what I you're after? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get there for season three if I get a budget. Right. <laughs> Lance Archer. Just to give you some of his um, some of his background, of course, for those of you not quite familiar as to what happened after his um, WWE run. Um, obviously, he started in Florida Championship Wrestling 2009 Developmental. Um, he was part of WWE ECW um, for a period between 2009 and 2010. Um, he then joined the Gate Crashers, um, which was part of a team with Kurt Hawkins, um, I believe, um, called the Gate Crashers. They had a bit of a brief tag team run um, during that period, um, and he ended up losing to Luke Gallows 
on the November 4th edition of Superstars. This was 2010. Went to New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2011 to 2015. Um, had a fairly decent run there. Um, yeah, moved on tag to... team with David Boy Smith, right? Um, yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, no, this is this is true. Um, and obviously, he's um, yeah, he's he's fought in the World Tag League. As a result, um, had some memory, memorable matches um, where K- Killer Elite Squad defeated Sword and Guns um, at Wrestle Kingdom Seven. Um, <sighs> Unsuccessfully challenged Shinsuke Nakamura um, at the 41st anniversary event for the IWGP Tag Team Championship for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Um, joined Pro Wrestling Noah for two years, um, 2015 to 2016. Also did some work with G- GFW, and then returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2017. Um, this is kind of his first kind of big ticket showing since that since that last return, really. Um, yeah, I guess David Boysmith quitting New Japan Pro Wrestling has done wonders for him. Yeah, um, it seems like it might might be the case, if I'm honest. Um, Maybe he was the one holding him back all this time. Perhaps. Um, going from 13 years ago when um, he was part of Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Worst Worked Match of the Year which, of course, was the TNA Reverse Battle Royal at TNA Impact. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Reverse Battle Royal. Um, where you had to throw people into the ring. I <laughs> 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 uh, probably watched it, but don't remember it. Um, if that's the case, then yeah, it would have been crap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've completely forgotten about it. <laughs> Really, really strange name for uh, for a battle royal, um, but yeah, um, TNA are actually. If you're interested, um, TNA appear quite a bit on that list of worst worked matches of the year. Oh, okay. I've no, I've just I've just looked at it, <laughs> just looked at the <laughs> match to see what it was all about. The first stage of the tournament. At the reverse battle row with three parts. The first part, 18 participants start outside the ring to fend off opponents in an attempt to get into the ring. With seven wrestlers have entered the ring, with competitors are elim- other competitors are eliminated, and it becomes a traditional battle rule over the top. <laughs> but when there are two eliminated to a singles match, it was a pin victory. What the fuck? <laughs> that just well they only ever had two of the damn things so that tells you all about it um let's just quickly run three things zach saber jr um sonata bad luck farle and will osprey are all with two points one point three um one loss sorry one win three losses um any thoughts on those on who's sorry completely missed that um will osprey bad luck farle sonata and zach saber jr yeah, or so you've got spot. three of three really good wrestlers, <laughs> Bar Badal Farley, um, floating in the bottom, which is quite surprising. I thought Will Ospreay was going to have a really good good year this year, but well, I, guess I it, mean, I guess it could still, still still the majority of the tournament to go. Um, you know, um, it could all turn around. Um, and if you know how these tournaments go, um, you've probably seen there is usually one block where it flips on its head by the end. Um, 
I think we could be seeing Will Ospreay a lot further up um, than we're necessarily expecting now. Possibly the same with Sonata. I think Zack Sabre Jr. is going to continue to have a shit year. I just have that feeling, if so that makes sense. attitude towards the whole tournament that makes you think that's going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. No, I can see that happening as well. Um, Evil, Lance Archer, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kurobushi, all two apiece, um, which puts them at four points. Um, I reckon Ibushi is going to go a lot further up um, this year, but I don't think he's going to get it. I think that, that honour is going to belong to Kenta. I'm with you on this one. Um, I don't think Kazuchika Okada is going to get to the final this year. Um, and I think it's going to be between him and Kenta. I wouldn't be surprised if Kenta does the full run um, and wins all of his matches. Yeah, completely agree. And the same with John Moxley and B. Yeah, um, I don't think John Moxley will win. But um, I think it will be Kenta, John Moxley in the final. And what a great final that's going to be. Yeah, not much else you can say really, is there? Um, we'll continue to keep everyone appraised on our IndyCast um, and towards the end of NJPW's G1, um, we will be doing a summary show um, that will be entirely dedicated to New Japan Pro Wrestling and we'll be picking our favourite matches. Um, we'll have time to go back and look at them. And basically, we'll work out what our favourite matches are. We'll both come with a, shall we say, top three? Yeah, we'll go with top three. Yeah, top yeah. three each from the tournament. Um, and then talk about the final and what we want to see happening beyond that. Um, that's pretty much it for the indie scene at the moment. Um yeah, it's all pretty much quiet on the AEW front. Um, obviously, on the back of Fight Fest, there's not re and Fight for the Fallen, there's not really been much to be said in regards to AEW. Um, any news that's kind of struck you from AEW? Um, Just while we're thinking about it, not really. There's not much coming out of that camp at the moment. I mean, on the last episode of Road to um, All Out, I think they have actually decided to announce some matches for that they are confirmed um, um oh interesting where are we all out all out all out new matches yep um so matches that have been confirmed um world heavyweight title match obviously chris jericho versus hangman adam page um, Escalara de la Morte or ladder match um, for the AAA World Tag Team Titles between the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers. John Moxley will face Kenny Omega. Um, Cody Rhodes will face off against Sean Spears, who will be accompanied by Tully Blanchard. Um, best yes. friends will face the Dark Order. Tully Blanchard. Mm. That's a bit of a blast from the past. Is there a is there a kayfabe reason for this? How's that all looking? Um, from what I can gather, um, Spears had an interview with JR, and Blanchard came in and told him to wrap it up, and pretty much confirmed that he was going forward as his manager from that point. Wow. Well, That's play. interesting, isn't um, it? That's an interesting pairing. It is. It is, really. Um, I mean, <sighs> Tully Blanchard is one of those people um and i think i think you're always going to get a bit of additional heat when you put a Rhodes in the ring um with a blanchard in a corner 
Um, you know, it, it conjures up images of the four horsemen. Um, really does kind of bring that kind of that kind of old style NWA wrestling there. And I think him being involved in this feud um, and potentially um, mentoring to some degree Sean Spears and I I imagine behind the curtain Cody Rhodes to some degree as to how to pull off this feud in a honourable southern way um, I think I think you could come away with one of the better kind of old southern style feuds of the year as a result it's one of those wait and see what happens kind of things isn't it yeah, um, really, really interesting though to see um, NWA alumni and their involvement, um, their consistent involvement in AEW. Um, it feels like feels like AEW is a place where um, these older stars like Tully Blanchard, who maybe don't get the same level of um, respect afforded to them in um, McMahon's mansion of maiming. Um, yeah, it kind of f- feels like a, a better place for them to be. I don't know if you agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm too unsure. Yeah, I need to see um, his involvement um, on mm. TV first kind of play I, out. before I can make an actual opinion on that. So look forward to that for all our all episode. Yeah, no, that should be quite interesting. Other things to note about All Out Weekend um, is, of course, that um, StarCast um, 3... They will be running um, their third ever event at AEW's All Out. Um, anybody who isn't aware of StarCast, um, they usually pull, they pulled the last one at um, All In. and um, In fact, no, I think it was Double or Nothing, and then they have done a previous one at All In as well. Um, it is Comrade Thompson's um, baby, um, which effectively means that it is a poorly organized wreck of a convention which usually leads to several complaints um due to the fact that they well comrade thompson is not an events organizer and he's got the arrogance to assume that he can just organize an event um so it kind of usually comes off as a bit cringeworthy at the same time um interesting things that are popping up um john moxley will be live on stage on friday the august the 30th that'll be live on fight tv joe ryan will host cock of the talk um that night as well um we've also got um Col- sorry about oh. that no it's all right i'll enjoy editing that one out um <laughs> dean malenko <laughs> yeah, no, fair play. I, I know that you've um, you picked up something while you um, well, no, no, you, you picked up something while I was away. Um, so that's fair. Um, yeah, so I think that's about it for Starcast. Other than oh yeah, um, Sunday, August thirty first, little known guy called CM Punk will be appearing live at Starcast at twelve p.m. Yes, he will. That's Sunday, August 31st. Not only will he be there, he will be live just after All Out finishes. Yeah. So, you could obviously go down the road of, oh, he's going to end up being in the end of AEW and some kind of ruckus. Or but he's it's just a doing very, an appearance. Very punk thing, to, very punk thing to do to just not be part of it, wouldn't it? Yeah. 
And then you were. That's the thing. It kind of blew up on Twitter as well. But yeah, he, he's mm. already gone saying that he's just there to do Starcast. But you can think what you want to think. Something on the lines of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's twi- he's he's teased it before. Um, there's always going to be that level of kind of speculation. I think it's you just uh, you can't call this, can you? Um, no, no. I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think he's going to have anything to do with AEW. Well, appearing at Starcast, that's that's pretty much confirmation. Considering that there are AEW stars who are it's also appearing on that card be on the show. There. I mean, oh no, I mean, no, no! It's not confirmation, but I mean, he's he's involved with AEW, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the books have said that they are always talking to Punk about coming to AEW all the time. So, mm. wasn't it Tony Khan's top pick I as mean, well? Didn't you say that? Yeah, it was Tony Khan's top pick. Um, so. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one seeing how this play out. Um, Mark Henry has already weighed in on this um, and says that um, he feels that all elite wrestling would be tailor-made for Punk. Um, it's like, here you go, you wanted a platform, you wanted equal footing with marketing and management and the ownership, here's equal footing. Um, you get to have a conversation, and not only do you have the conversation, if you come up with ideas and stuff, you get credit for those ideas, you get more time, and if you deserve to be in the main event, then you deserve to be in the main re- event, regardless of what else is going on. Sometimes you want to be put first, that's the way it is in this business. When you're top of the game, you want to be put first. That was um, Mark Henry there simultaneously shitting on WWE's current creative process and also talking CM Punk. I think we've pretty much covered AEW though, haven't we? We've, we've... Yeah, I think we've um, yeah, definitely got through that one. It's not too bad. Well, not too bad, not too shabby. Got a bit more time. Got a bit more time, so... Um, Well, fuck it then. Let's talk about WWE. Um, Bray Wyatt recently appeared as the fiend in the middle of Monday Night Raw. The internet is going absolutely fucking insane for it. What did you think? Not going straight after Finn Balor. I mean, he's the only person that he hasn't apologized to or forgiven for what's happened. As very good Bray point. Wyatt. Um, so yeah, it kind of made sense for it to be Finn Balor, if you think about it that way. I think if you uh, also Finn think ba- about the history, um, because obviously he was supposed to um, have a feud with Finn Balor and Mumps got in the way of it. Yeah, probably so it was a good never thing. finished. So, yeah, no, that was terrible though, when he came out as Sister Abigail, that was fucking awful. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. But now he's the Fiend... Against the demon, or the demon, should I say? Um, um, yeah, you should. Yeah, that's this guy's kind of. <laughs> I should. Um, yeah, that's going to be an epic battle. But with Finn Balor wanting to take some time off, so there's a room of him taking time off, and there's yeah. a room of him wanting to join the club as well. Mm. So you could see him lose against the fiend, and the demon takes the, his first loss. I think which is probably um, going to happen. Uh, I mean, is he going to be the demon? Do we yeah, even have no. that confirmed? Yeah, it's, it's at SummerSlam 
I mean, Bray Wyatt's going to be the fiend. I don't see why he would not be the demon. Doesn't make any sense storyline wise. Yeah, but I mean, it didn't make any sense for him storyline wise to go against Brock Lesnar not as the demon. That is true. You know, and I said that then. That was all the way back on episode one. Um, for those of you keeping track. Kind of cool. But going into the Bray Wyatt storyline with Finn Balor, the storyline was he could actually tap into the demon anytime he wanted and he didn't have to put on the face paint. They sort of uh, dropped that. Yeah. Um, interesting, but I would say, for me... I reckon that Bray Wyatt should defeat the Demon, um, and I reckon it should be against the Demon Finn Balor. Um, I don't think it will be. I don't think that. I think that WWE have protected the Demon for too long, in order to have that happen. No matter how over Bray Wyatt is, and I think that's a mistake on their part. But I think they will. They will protect it. Um, and I think you will just get regular Finn Balor getting his head kicked in by Bray Wyatt um, or The Fiend, sorry um, I think if Finn Balor takes a long enough break and then comes back on an opposing roster um, then that rematch might be saved until further down The Fiend's initial run um, and therefore his eventual triumph over The Fiend um, could end up being The Fiend's first loss um, a much later date once maybe the initial kind of honeymoon period of this gimmick's over. That would just be my thought. Yeah, and that's a good thought. That would be, I thoroughly enjoy watching that. But I don't think it's going to happen. And I think the demon will be showing his face at SummerSlam and will lose. And then take and then Finn Balor will take time off. I think that will be just as equally plausible, to be fair. Um, how how do you think WWE should be handling Bray Wyatt moving forward? Um, I mean, is the, is the Firefly Funhouse done? I don't think it should be, um, but is it done? Um, I don't think it will be. Um, to touch on what you said about um, all the different characters possessing different wrestlers. Yeah. I, mean, definitely that's... Happen. I don't think they should use any of the um, original Wyatt family. Yeah. Even, even sad to say, Luke Harper. I think they they need to build a new faction because essentially they have a new leader. Of course. I think. Um, what would you say to how to book Bray Wyatt moving forward? Because for me, Bray Wyatt is currently striking me as an attraction, um, and I'm talking. Maybe not a Brock Lesnar level attraction, but I am talking in a, an early Undertaker level attraction, and I don't think he necessarily needs to appear every week. Um, I think having a VT um, on the screen um, before his next appearance in a series of, well, they could just do this Firefly Funhouse, you know, kind of four episodes, five episodes as he picks his next target kind of thing. Just moving into each feud and then sporadic appearances. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were kind of two to three month periods where Bray Wyatt just didn't need to be on TV. And then you're protecting it. 
I'd be I disappointed, no. but yeah. They should keep him on TV. I don't think Just they should keep him on weekly. I don't think weekly. Uh, I, th I think maybe every couple of weeks or just before a big pay-per-view. Um, like, you could do it, but I think the, it's one of those less is more situations. The simple fact is, is Bray Wyatt, as the Bray Wyatt that we are expecting to see in the ring, he first appeared, what, we're talking, we're talking pre-money in the bank. So, what, this has been 12, 13, 14 14 weeks to build this one moment and it's worked phenomenally so what maybe you're saying is keep the same formula maybe they don't need to keep the same formula but I think um, they may need to just realise that less is more and sometimes you only need some reference to it. You only needed puppets appearing in the background for the last three weeks. You know, you... You... touching back onto the possessing the wrestlers, they could use those wrestlers to go forward and attack instead, but use yeah. the sister Abigail move. Yeah. So Bray White doesn't have to be on TV, but has a presence because of them. Yeah, I can see that. That could be a good idea. Interesting times. Either way. So say like Sean Benjamin. Obviously yeah. acting weird. Use him as someone to attack Finn Balor, but finish it with the sister Abigail. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that'd work. It's it's just one of those things. I I really feel that if he's on TV every week, we're only going to go so far before he either becomes a comedy character or somehow bastardized in some way um, due to convenience. The more he's on TV, the more likely we're going to get the whole revival shower scene issue again. You know, in some ways, keeping him off TV protects him from Vince McMahon. Protects him from that terrible writing gene that sometimes just sweeps over the writers' room, and he needs to be protected from that. It's too; he's worked too hard, and this has worked too well. But we are talking about WWE. Yeah, and so I mean, this known for fucking everything up. No, you're entirely right. I mean, this time in six months, he'll be he'll be partnered with Carmella. I get it, but at least for the initial run. So it'll be funny he, you saying that, well, and then she turns out to be taken 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 over by by Sister Abigail. Yeah, yeah, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. Uh, it'd be weird, wouldn't it? Like like everything that we're predicting is just coming true because we're really good at this. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Roaring Smackdown reunion shows um, this week. Genius or Desperation? 
Desperation. Desperation. Who do you reckon is going to be in it? Desperation. Um, I'm going to say old raw superstars. <laughs> and so it's rumored, it's rumored that NWA are going to be reunioning, having a reunion at the reunion. Um, so yeah, there's those three. So that's Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, Bret Hart said no. JR said no. Um, the Rock may make an appearance. It's interesting Tina that they asked isn't going to be there. Yeah, apparently Tony Khan said it's up to him if he wants to go or not, but not, they're not going to stop him. But he, he declined. Yeah. Um, I can understand Tony Khan. Like, JR's a bit of a special case, isn't he? Because you can't really refuse JR. Like, if JR wants to do something, it's fucking JR. Well, he was the voice of Monday Night Raw, so... Yeah. And I think it I think Tony Khan's a clever there. enough, yeah. I think Tony Khan's a clever enough man and a big enough fan of wrestling um, to be able to um, give that choice to to JR. I mean, WWE wouldn't allow it, obviously, if the roles were reversed. But Tony Khan knows that it would be better for the fans if that happened. He'd certainly enjoy it, you know. So, but JR being JR staying true to the company he's with and he's declined. But Austin. Is definitely going to be there. Mm. Well, that's, well, that's Austin for you. It wouldn't surprise me if Kurt Angle makes an appearance. Obviously, yeah, Triple H. Mm-hmm. Um, who else would they want? Sean Waltman. Um, Sean Waltman wouldn't surprise me. In fact, to be honest, Billy Gunn wouldn't surprise me. I don't think they'll have him back after um, <laughs> for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think they would. Uh, DX exists in this interesting kind of. Do you know what it's like? Do you know what DX is like? DX, it's like their self awareness has been turned up to eleven. So what you're saying is that they're just robots. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that <laughs> you know they they exist in that same space where they can break kayfabe a bit. Yeah, I guess they could do the whole. Oh, Shawn Michaels, obviously. Yeah, no, saying DX will probably be there. Yeah, um, it's just which which DX are they going to send up this time? You know, the, the DX will definitely appear because it's fucking DX and it's a Raw reunion show. Of course, they will. I'm getting tired of it though. Yeah, desperation ratings. Let's see what happens with that one. I don't think they're going to get much out of it. I don't think they are. I think it's it's been, yeah, it's been kind of really hastily thrown together, and I don't. I think they're just trying to capitalise on the fact that they've had a couple of good weeks. Um, and try and keep it high with what they think is a guaranteed ratings booster. But if you remember how terrible Raw 25 was and how badly that bombed, I think that that, that will probably cause still, a lot of people to... But still, they have a bother. special on the network for it. What, for Raw 25? Yeah, yeah it's in the collections. Oh, I bet um, people are just clamouring over themselves for that. Yeah, I can't help but watch it every single day. Just to remember all of those memories. 
yeah, it being was remembered. So good. <laughs> really so, good. So good. I remember that part where they had to go to the original arena and no one knew what they were doing. I remember that part where the most exciting bit was when it finished. Things that, were things fans recorded that didn't make the air um, in the Manhattan Center. Like, for instance, Bray Wyatt, ironically. And Matt Hardy. Oh, yeah. Because they were doing two shows at once, weren't they? But some of it was on TV and some of it wasn't. So all the fans yeah. got what they paid for, but they didn't get what but they paid for. They didn't really get what they paid for, no. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins, let's move on. Um, because obviously I don't think either of us are expecting much from this Raw and SmackDown reunion. Of course, if you are listening to this, you're probably listening to this at our new time of Wednesday at 7am, um, which is just in time for everybody to just download us and nip on off to work, listen to us, stickers in your ear. Go on, just throws in there. Um, Seth Rollins has become the locker room leader, apparently. That's nice. He's just becoming a bit of a dick. Like, he's going on Twitter and just slagging everyone off. And saying that WWE is the best thing ever. Ever. Uh, (laughs) It just reeks of... Just reeks of McMahon whispering in his ear. Like he's a little puppet. Like he's a little bitch. (laughs) Won't find his place in line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say. I think um, like fan goodwill for Seth Rollins is is kind of taking a hit as a result, though. Um, so yeah, um, most interesting article that's come out in regards to WWE recently. Um, Variety magazine um, have just published an article within the last eight hours um, saying that Vince McMahon is out of excuses for WWE's woes. Um, and it is just a slam piece. It talks about how terribly um, they are doing. Um, at the moment, there is a notable difference between um, people watching WWE's TV shows in 2019 versus 2018. Um, a little interesting fact here. Um, so the episode on the 21st of the 1st, 2019, which um, was obviously against Raw um, 25. Um, So this year it was down 2 million viewers against last year. Um, So obviously they picked up a lot of viewers for Raw 25, but it it just dropped straight out there. Um, The woes continue throughout the year. The Raw after WrestleMania um, traditionally one of their strongest shows was down... 997,000 viewers. Um, This week, they're still down 88,000 viewers. Um, Every single show this year has been below the performance of the show in the previous year. Um, Same with WWE SmackDown, although the ups and downs are not quite as heavy. The most recent episode of SmackDown did half a million less views than Fuck the one sake. from the previous year, they are just. It is WWE Raw is down twenty percent of its viewers per episode than this time last year, um, on average, and 
SmackDown is down 17%. Um, on average, that is 616,000 200 fewer total viewers um, per Raw episode on average, and SmackDown 445,720 on average less. Um, they are really, really not doing well at the moment. Um, their live events average attendance is not great. Um, their last great month, their last highest month, uh, sorry, quarter, was 2017 quarter two, when they re- had 6,400 on average at WWE Live. They are currently down to 4,800 um, for quarter one of 2019. Their e-commerce revenues at the moment um, are down to 6.6 million for 2019 quarter one. Um, just to give you something to contextualize that against, um, their highest in the past two years was in 2017 quarter four when they reached $14.3 million. Um, and right now, their live event merchandise revenues are at an all time low. Um, they. Uh, yeah, they have just come out of an all-time low. Um, the third lowest month at the moment, sorry, fourth lowest month, $4.8 million. Um, their lowest quarter was 2018 tail end, $3.8 million. That's the lowest quarter they've ever had for merchandise revenues, at least within the modern era. So, yeah, they're currently not got as big a spend as they'd like. <sighs> They are dropping, aren't they? And fast. Uh, yeah. Mm. Any soy out and just pick up the game if they're going to start competing against New Japan Pro Wrestling who are moving to the American market and obviously AEW already in America and ROH. Not really mm. picking up too much speed, but mm. they're always going to be a mainstay probably at number three in, in America. Yeah. Um, so they're always going to be an alternative for people to watch. I don't, I don't see them going away anytime soon. I don't see them picking up mm. any speed um, either. Even though they I should be most in... with with Come on. the amount of talent that they have. I mean, you've got Kenny King, yeah. who is in that in that three-way, which is one of the people that stand out to me in that three-way. He's always been a good wrestler. He's always been able to mm. um, be part of a good tag team, or be a good tag team wrestler, or be in a faction and and be one of the key players within that faction. He's an all-rounder. And he can talk mm. on the mic. So yeah, if they are going to throw Kenny King up there into the world title picture in ROH, that's a good move. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a it seems like a clever move for them. Um, I think everybody at this stage, um, ROH as well as um, the other, um, you know, NJPW etc., really do need to capitalise on this moment, um, and they do need to make sure that they are putting their top stars in the top positions because this is a golden moment for independent wrestling um, and they need to capitalise on this WWE situation, they really do um, do you remember when WWE co-president George Barrios um, talked about in quarter one um, how specific wrestlers and superstar absences were the reason for a decline in ratings 
Uh, no. Um, so during quarter one, there were um, WWE was asked um, why they felt that um, why they felt that there were ratings, and obviously Vince uh, ratings decline, and Vince McMahon had to you know talk to. Um, talked to his shareholders and his his basic statement was that um, key talent um, superstar absences um, had caused had caused a decline in ratings does this sound familiar to you at all um, Roman Reigns is what most of the dirt sheets kind of attributed it to at the time my silence means no <laughs> Okay, fair play. Well, anyway, um, Vince McMahon said um, back in late February that quarter one's um, poor um, returns and poor ratings was down to key superstars, particularly Roman Reigns, not being around. Um, Since then, quarter two, um, so Roman Reigns has gone from five appearances in quarter one to 20 TV appearances in quarter two. Um, Becky Lynch, um, she has gone from 18 to 23 um, across those quarters, Kevin Owens has gone from six to eighteen. Seth Rollins twelve to sixteen. Alexa Bliss ten to fifteen. Braun Strowman fourteen to fifteen. Charlotte Flair fifteen to twelve. Um, Bray Wyatt zero to nine. Sasha Banks fourteen to two, and Dean Ambrose thirteen to one. So there is a much larger amount of what Vince McMahon would say that is their top, or what Vince McMahon was quoted to say were their top talents at that time. Um, key amount of those have increased substantially and ratings are still falling so it's just that's why it's that's why people are saying that he's running out of running out of excuses and I think it's true he needs to make people start um, leaving the product again because if no one's leaving the product no one's going to watch products no one's going to buy tickets to go to these events to then buy merchandise hmm so yeah. what he needs to do is stop worrying about the exterior and worry about what's happening with the product. Mm. Which he doesn't. Yeah. Definitely. He's hired Definitely. guys to do Good. that. But, I mean, can Paul Heyman save Raw? I mean, he's not exactly in charge of Raw. Yeah. So there's still left and right still happening it's just that Vince McMahon can take himself away and then he's got someone to blame if it all goes wrong mm. that's not my fault it's Paul Heyman's yeah Eric Bischoff's only there it's... to branding he's not there uh, to putting any kind of creative so the creative still are going to yeah, say no, the same on Smackdown so it's you know it, it, for him it's all about the image it's, it's not a creative endeavour for him no you are entirely right it's it's troubling um, for fans of wrestling because WWE being in a strong position means that the industry is in a strong position, providing they're not counter, um, providing they're not counter to good competition. Um, but at the moment, they are in pure freefall, um, and that is panic mode. Um, the stock call um, for quarter one, which is where um, Vince McMahon gets people together, and talks about stock and earnings. On the day of the quarter one stock call, um, WWE stock fell 13%. Um, At the end of that, yep. Um, At the end of that quarter, um, the stock finished that quarter 27% below its highest point in that quarter. 
um, which is just a decline. Um, it was the largest single-day decline for WWE since 2015. But did all the problems start became when they became a public company? Um, to some degree, I mean they're bigger now that they are a public company. Of course, um, they have a lot more revenue um, because they are able to they are able to float on the stock market and use that to create um, to generate effectively loans and investment. But at the moment, everything's decreasing. The creative, the creative got worse when they became public. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because they became beholden to the people who are paying. Who are the shareholders. Um, who will and pay. they have to have yeah. a shareholders meeting and discuss where the exactly. company is going to go, which storylines would be best. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, you know, that's why in this instance, I mean, Fox, you can say you can say that Fox is good for the company because Fox are just going to come in and give them money, but they're a publicly traded company. That's not how it works. What actually happens is Fox... Um, Fox forced NBC to pay um, $265 million per year um, in order to continue their renewal of Raw last time. And now in this instance, um, it's in this instance, the fees altogether is a 213% increase on the fees that they were paying for Raw and SmackDown in 2014. So... That effectively means that those networks are paying for two hundred and thirteen percent more influence than the network than NBCU had for Raw and SmackDown in two thousand fourteen. Okay. You know that's my thoughts on it. It's they they have more say in that. They are shareholders just as much as anyone else because that that TV is money. As far as Vince is concerned, but the the product is being compromised by it. So what they should do is fold and start again. <laughs> I think what Obviously they should that's do not logical, is stop. But... Yeah. What they should do is stop maybe being beholden to their shareholders and just make good wrestling um, because the good wrestling will create good revenues which will create good ratings which will create further good revenues. Um, they should focus more happy. on their product. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I think I was pushing that earlier. They need to concentrate on their product. Yeah. And, not, and not worry um, about who's selling the most merchandise. And stop worrying about everybody else. However, it doesn't look like that's going to end anytime soon. Um, to close our show today, just want to mention there is a backstage update on WWE NXT possibly airing against AEW on television mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. Um, WWE officials are planning on using main roster superstars from Raw and SmackDown on WWE NXT TV show if it goes to Fox Sports 1 um, to go head-to-head with AEW's TNT TV show later this year, as reported on Wrestling Observer Radio today. Recently reported that WWE was discussed at the Fox Summit meeting and that one idea had NXT possibly airing on Fox Sports 1 up against AEW each week using main roster stars um, that would help boost the NXT viewership each week as a result. Bad idea, don't put main roster stars onto NXT. Bad idea. Just makes it another main roster show. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't. I mean, AEW said they're not going. It brings it all down. It does. 
Um, AEW said they're not going to war with WWE, but WWE decided to take the war to them instead. Mm. This is starting to really resemble WCW, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Like, you put main roster stars on NXT, you, you lose what makes NXT special. Exactly. You lose what makes it the most successful brand that they have, the most legitimate brand that they have. And you're going to tell me that a room full of writers have Vince McMahon giving them fucking <sighs> Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns they're going to sit there and say, oh let's give Velveteen Dream half an hour at the end of the show to face um, Johnny Gargano no, of course they're not they're going to be like well, let's promote Raw, let's promote Smackdown let's promote the shows that we want people to be watching because they sell advertising revenues Um, because that's what Vince McMahon's telling us to do and that's going to be the fall of NXT yeah, that's going to be it that's going to be NXT's death and then they're going to start doing takeovers against AEW's main events and featuring main roster stars which is not what we want. Yep. It's not what we need. Well, it's not what anybody wants. It's not going to help the industry. It's not going to help their cause. Because anything, it's, it's going just going to stretch us. People watch AEW over NXT. Come. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. NXT is the one last bastion of great WWE television. Um, I'm, I'm willing to say that. You know, it's not always as good as the indies. But it's often fucking close, and it's often it often surpasses them. Um, I mean, we just recently acknowledged that. Um, I mean, I believe you you were one of the people who, uh, or at least you said, um, NXT Takeover Twenty Five was a better show than Double or Nothing. It was. You know, I I disagreed with you, but the point is, I can completely understand your perspective. Absolutely, because it was a quality show. Can you imagine breaking halfway through that to watch Charlotte Flair fucking in another match with Alexa Bliss? Oh, maybe that's what they're going to do. Use the old NXT alumni and bring them back. I can get that as a special one shot. I can also get the idea of people going backwards into NXT. But if they are going backwards into NXT, you take them off the main show. You have to take them off the main show. I mean, Apollo, you have Apollo to use Cruz them like Tyler Breeze has been used. Against uh, Kushida was actually quite good. Um, that was on. Yeah. But I think Apollo Cruz has gone back to NXT now. Is is that the case? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. So for me, that's that's the big difference. That is the big difference. Um, if they if they're having a wild card that then consists of people <laughs> are the people who are able to go. On Raw, SmackDown. If we have Shane McMahon, the day Shane McMahon comes down the aisle at an NXT event is the day I'm done with WWE forever. Like, I know that I've said that I've been done with WWE before, sometimes not on this show, but that, for me, would be the creative death of WWE. Entirely. That would be it. At that point, it's it's 
Monday Nitro in 2000. That's how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah, it's because mm. I've rewatched it because I didn't watch it when I was younger. <laughs> it's fucking mm. terrible. <laughs> it's fucking awful, but it's it's what it's starting to smell like, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. If anyone's got time, just go go back and watch, say, 2000 Raw and uh, Monday Night Monday Night um, Nitro. Yeah. After each other, you, you see the contrast and difference of product. Um, I'm guessing mm. you're going to see that with AEW and NXT now. I reckon you will. I reckon you will if they do that. That'll be it. Um, guys, this has really, really kind of brought me down. Where's Taz? I think he's asleep. All right, okay. He just likes sleeping. Don't want to. Di- yeah, you don't want to disturb him. As um, he gets cranky. You, you can only just like the only thing you can do is wander and, you know, you have like to you have to, to feed again. him. Yeah, no, I, I might send one of the robots. It's probably best. Yeah. Well, I think that's our show. But on that note, anything else? Well, <laughs> 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 on <a> somber note, <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I've been beer. Uh, He's been bear. Yep. Yep. We've been operating in a universe where I went on holiday. Um, just in case you're wondering. Storyline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think I'm catching you cold. Oh, it would do that. Right then. Um, join us next week. Um, we will be talking about something else from wrestling. Um, who knows what it'll be? <laughs> Genuinely don't know. We just kind of decide on the day and see what happens. Um, then about 20 minutes before, I throw. I. I, I, I... What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We planned this all week, guys. <laughs> it's something that we all planned. <laughs> I think the heat's getting to me, Jay. <laughs> well, we got six more weeks of this. <laughs> You're not supposed to break the fourth wall. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Which one's the robot? Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Have a nice morning, evening. Whatever. Bye. Beard and bear out. Beard and bear out. You are listening to JFPN, your favourite corned beef podcasting network. I'm here with JJ. How much corned beef have you been eating? I mean, loads of corned beef. This is this is my favourite. <laughs> it's so good. I'm so glad that there is corned beef, um, just just available in the shops. I can't believe it. It's so good. Have it you, should be have illegal. You tried battering it yet and frying it is the best way to eat corned beef. Battered corned beef. Yeah. That's fucking the big amazing. Of beef, oh it man. Fry it. Have you tried corned beef sex? 
say that I've gone that far. How You're missing it? out, my man. Um, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, I mean, granted, sometimes it gets underneath your foreskin, but you can just wash it out with some corn syrup. Uh, wow. Corn beef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, corn beef. Yeah, corn beef's great. Yeah. So what do we fill the rest of this hour with? <laughs> oh my god. 